Life Curious Women, where you will find honest conversations exploring women's experiences learning, growing, and healing. I'm your host, Ashley Nadine Lopez, and I am excited for you to join our collective learning experience. Welcome back to Life Curious Women. I hope you're enjoying the season so far. There's so much more inspiring, diverse, interesting content to come. Today, Jennifer Castellanos joins us. Jen is the definition of where there's a will, there's a way. She is currently the brand partnerships and community manager at Chill House, one of my favorite brands. But she didn't start in the beauty industry. She started in teaching. Listen as we get into how she ended up in NYC by chance and dreamt of studying forensic science. How she eventually discovered a passion for psychology got her master's at her dream school, Columbia University, and decided to teach young children. And how after deciding to make a career change in her mid-20s, she worked as a bottle service girl to make ends meet and applied to internships. All to eventually end up in her dream role working in beauty. So if you are looking to make a career change or to level up in your own career, This episode is for you. Get ready to be inspired. Take a listen. I'm quickly interrupting this episode to tell you all about my New Year's goal, which is to read more books this year. 12 books, so one book per month. But between being an actor, working full-time, and also running Life Curious Women, it can be hard to find time to sit down and actually read a book. I find that it's easier to listen to audiobooks, and that's when I came across Audible. Audible lets you enjoy all of your audio entertainment in one place. You'll always find the best of what you love or something new to discover. Audible offers an incredible selection of audiobooks across every genre. The app also makes things easy to listen to anytime, anywhere, while traveling, working out, walking, doing chores, you decide. New members can try Audible for free for 30 days through the link www.audibletrial.com forward slash Life Curious Women. Life Curious Women is an Audible affiliate partner through the Audible Creator Network, and we get support at no additional cost to you every time someone signs up. Thank you so much for supporting us. Make sure to sign up today through www.audibletrial.com audibletrial.com forward slash life curious women. Now back to the episode. Hello, Jen. Thank you. Thank you for joining me on this. I'm excited to talk to you and just like get all of your good insights of your journey. Oh my God. Yeah. To where you've gotten. Yeah. You have water. I have a Negroni, but cheers. (laughs) (laughs) Cheers. I start off uh, every episode just kind of chatting about who you are. Doesn't necessarily have to do with like how you make money, but just who you are as a person. So you get an, uh, you give an idea to our listeners. Oh, that's a good question. Who I am. Yeah. I, lo- I love these. So I want to say, I'll do some character 
traits about me. I want to say I'm really intuitive. I'm loving. I'm really giving, but I also have a sharp tongue. So I have to be careful because sometimes I can say too much of what I mean um, and get me in a little bit of trouble. I'm less saying I'm a sister because I'm a really good sister. I'm a really good daughter and I'm a really good aunt. So I think those things really like encompass who I am. And I think I'm really career driven. And then recently I've discovered how much I love like ultra, like art, culture and music and really have kind of driven deep into that since I've always been really focused on my career, especially making a career change in my mid twenties. But yeah, I think that's who I am. I'm, I'm really open to new things, which I think is like amazing. And um, I'm, I never say no too often to trying something new or something that makes me uncomfortable. And recently I've been just trying to explore things that I don't really know or have that much knowledge about and just like go in and, and go in with an open mind and learn about people and things. And yeah. That's a, that's a great answer. That's Yay. a great answer. I wanted to know a little bit about your journey because we met in college. So yeah. I feel like you kind of had like a different path, a unique path. And I really admired that. As you said, in your mid twenties, you decided to sort of like career change. Yeah. Cause that can be scary and, and difficult. And so I was wondering if you could just talk us through, yeah, sort of like your journey from moving to New York and yeah. kind of what you expected your life was going to be like and mm-hmm. just how it's turned out. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Well, so I'm from Miami, as you mentioned, I'm not from New York. I think something to point out is uh, my parents are actually 30 years apart. So my dad is was he passed away two years ago, but he was happy when he was 60. So I had an older dad and he's Cuban. So very protective. I was very sheltered and growing up in Miami, you know, everyone always is like, did you live this wild life? And I'm like, no, like, you know, I'd want to go to the movies or the, the fair. And it's like, my dad was there. I was not allowed to go with friends. And it was just like this really culture, this like really kind of kind of, you know, enclosed space for me where I never really got to spread my wings, but I always felt protected. And I always respected my parents. I think as Latinas, like we grow up to like really respect what our elders say, and you don't go against the green. But when it came to college, I didn't want to do the college experience. I didn't want to go to the big state schools. I didn't care about football. I didn't care about drinking. I was like, I want to do something different. But I also didn't know if I wanted to do New York. So New York was kind of, it just happened. I had a boyfriend for five years and he was my high school sweetheart and I'm a hopeless romantic. He played baseball. So um, we were waiting to see where he would go to school. And I got into all these amazing schools. I got into UCLA. I got into Rice. I like worked my ass off in in, um, in high school. That I didn't really go out. And obviously May is when you need to give your deposit in. And um, it was way past May and he hadn't heard back from any school. And my top school was Rice. And he's like, there's no way I'm going to end up in Texas. So just pick a school in the Northeast. And at this point I was like, nobody's taking deposits anymore. So I'm going to have to go to St. John's, like that's the only place I can go to that would take a late decision. And uh, I take the late decision to St. John's and he ends up going to a school in Texas. And I was gutted and I was like, I want to. Oh my God. Like, this is where I was going. What do you mean? Shout out to Jason Webb. He's great. (laughs) He's living his best life now. But I ended up going to St. John's and I was like, fuck, like I, I worked my butt off for this. And like, now I'm, I'm in this other, like I'm in an, in another state where like, I never imagined myself being in New York. It wasn't a goal of mine. Like 
you know, but I, this is where I'm such a believer in like things just happen how they have to happen. So take a flight to New York, move in my mom, my dad, and we stay, you know, we're in the middle of Jamaica, Queens. Like, you know, you think they sell it to you. Like you're in the city. You're not St. John's is not in the city. It's an all the way deep Queens. And it was the first time that I moved out of my home and, you know, my parents are crying. Everybody's like, it's so emotional. I ended up having the best roommate, Christina Barone, but her mom and my mom and my dad all end up getting along. And my parents were only there for two days and they leave. And I was like, well, I guess I'm in New York now. And <laughs> I stayed at St. John's for a year, but my goal was forensic psychology, forensic science. And I was in the forensic psychology program at St. John's. What? So, yeah. So PACE obviously has a forensic science program. So I was like, I'm going to make the transfer because I, I initially, I was like, I like the psychology of it, but I really want to focus on the science, the chem, the bio. And that's where I really performed well in school. The psychology kind of writing classes I enjoyed, but I almost was programmed because of my dad that like medicine and like these sciences were above anything else. Right. And I think we get that a lot. It's like, you're going to, are you going to do art? Are you going to, are you you crazy you're not gonna make money out of it so psychology kind of had that same um expectation when it came to my parents is like you're gonna be a psychologist what are you gonna do with that so I go to Pace um the next year I transferred over and it ended up being great I ended up working out I got a scholarship and I ended up like paying less for school so I was in the city and I was like how the hell am I gonna make friends like I missed St. John's so much because I really did have a beautiful first year there and I made so many good friends and I loved basketball. So our, our basketball team at St. John's is great. And I was like, well, how are we gonna make friends? And Lord and behold, this is how we met our sororities in the tiniest cafeteria you can imagine in Manhattan. <laughs> like Sigma Delta Tau. And I'm like, am I really about to join a sorority? And the answer was, yeah, like I was. <laughs> I started my career there. I did forensic science. I ended up moving that as my minor and I ended up majoring in psychology because I loved it so much. I loved people cool. I loved being in like the culture and the art scene in, in New York and just like meeting, you know, I think it, it was so different for us and you can attest to this, but it's like Thursday night was like going to the bars or going to somebody's apartment for, or going to the club or networking. Like there was like always these opportunities in the city. And it was really interesting trying to navigate that when you're like 21 or 22. Totally. And, especially when you're career driven and you're not really like, I didn't have a, you met me, maybe now I'm a little crazier, but back then I was not that crazy. I didn't really go out. I didn't drink. I was so focused on after this, I'm getting my master's and this is my goal. Mm. And I, I kind of missed, I want to say I missed out a little bit on like partying and stuff. And then I got into a long-term relationship. I settled down pretty quickly, really young. Like I was like, these yeah. are my goals and this, I'm going to attack it straight forward. And that's kind of how that went with undergrad. And then I told myself, if I don't get into Columbia, I'm not going anywhere else because I'm stubborn. And I got into Columbia and I got my master's there. And I worked in education for a really long time then with kids. Cause that was, did you mom. get your master's in psychology? Yeah, I got it in child, okay. child development. And a lot of what my thesis was about was, which is interesting because it, it kind of ties into like how we grow up in our culture, but is it like, is like punishment, like actual physical hitting corporal punishment, as we would say in psychology, that beneficial to kids? And why do we kind of repeat this cycle as like Latino parents in our community? Mm. And it was really interesting because parts of it is like, yes, it is because we're so designed to like see physical hitting as like, even like spanking or mm -hmm. hands mm -hmm. as something so effective that like, yeah. Growing up, we think it's okay. And 
So it was like a really liberating process to do it. I started working in it. And that was a different story. I was <laughs> so drained. Um, I wanted to take every kid home with me. <laughs> um, and I couldn't. I, I remember sometimes they would have visitation days with their parents. And I would see them on the bus and they'd like wave at me. And it was like, I'm like I, I would love to take you home with me and like really, you know, just give you like this nurturing life. And it really drains you. And I think it takes even, you know, I tell my therapist, I'm like, it takes a special person to do this because, and I think a lot of people have this idea that people will close off or block off emotions. I I don't really know how they cope with it, but I realized that that fulfillment that I got of helping kids, I could get it later on in life if I really wanted to in in other ways. And I don't Mm. need to be directly um, in it, but at the same time, I was dating someone who was a business person, was opening bars. And he needed a lot of help with like the creative marketing, social media stuff. And they found a lot of relief in doing that. So mm. he'd be like, Hey, John, can you do the, bar- like the menus? Could you do the signage? What do you think of the colors? What do you think of the drinks? And I got really into it. And I realized how happy it would make me. Like I would sometimes mm. work half days when I was an educator, I would build out the Spanish curriculum for this private preschool in Tribeca. And I'd come home and I was like, so excited to do the bar stuff. And I was like, Oh my God. I think this is what I want to do. How the hell am I going to do it? And it was a lot of nudging. It was a lot of, you know, when you live in New York, it's, it's a lot of like, what makes financial sense. And at the time it didn't make financial sense for me to make the move. So I stayed at, after I did the the psychiatric center, I moved over to an, like an education, a private preschool in Tribeca. And I worked as an educator and then also building out the immersion program in Spanish. I really loved it, but I felt like I was going nowhere. Do you know when you wake up and it's so monotonous? Like, yeah, yeah. And it was so fulfilling because the kids are fulfilling. And I think um, working a lot in the office, I noticed myself being like, hey, like, how are we marketing this program? Because it's such a unique program. How are we doing this? And there was things about like, I, there started to be a crossover between like psychology, the way I think, the way I look at things, my create, like, everybody be like, Jen, how do you come up with these projects for these kids? Like there were just like these incredible creative, I used to have an artist of the month every month for our kids. Cause I wanted to make sure they had art in their lives. Like it just became so apparent with little things, but I, yeah. I, I thought it was just me. I, I, I don't know if you're like me, but it's like, I want to do everything. Can I do everything? Yeah. Like, but it was poking through like the creativity yeah. thing was like kept coming through. Yeah. And then I was blessed to date my best friend at the time. And and he was an incredible catalyst in that. I realized he gave me so much room to be like, he'd be like, Oh, what do you think? And I'm like, Oh, we should do it like this. Let's design it like this. And he'd be like, you're really good at this. Are you sure you never, you've never done this before. And I'm like, no. And it was like, he gave me like space to kind of play around with his business, which he didn't have to do because he's investing money into this. Mm -hmm. And I realized, wait, this is something I really want to do. So I was like, how do I do it? And I wish I could tell you a really glamorous story how like Vogue gave me a job and I was making, you know, a hundred K a year from the get go, Um, (laughs) but it's not, it's not a glamorous move at all. Um, So I think one of the things I'm going to say is like networking. I hated doing, but it's so important. As soon as the parents trust me and saw that my work was amazing, I was like, Hey, I'm actually going to start private tutoring. And it was like, I had 10 kids a week, private tutoring for Spanish. And it was an hour a day and I was making great money and um, I enjoyed it. And it was individual, like eight little 18 month year olds 
are insane to teach in a classroom that's so structured because it was a structured setting right one-on-one tutoring where um i would basically do the same lesson for everybody but it was individual and the way it lined up in my schedule was perfect and then from there i worked as a bottle girl <laughs> and nightlife and God, it was so humbling, Ashley. I was like, I yeah. have a master's degree from Columbia. I'm a bottle girl with fishnets on right now. Like, what yeah. the fuck? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm sorry if I'm not allowed to curse on this, but I did it. Oh, yeah, yeah, you can. <laughs> um, but I did it. And one, bless those girls because they deal with so much from men. And men, you need to have better manners if you're listening to this. But yep. you like, I can see why they don't leave. Like you, you'd make great money from it. Like it's, it's such a, like, I think people look down on it for no reason because it, when you make great money, you go home, you have a shoe working for like 12 to four, maybe. And like, you're living your best life. Like, I don't think people understand it. I and mean, maybe we should gatekeep this, but yeah, <laughs> such a great gig. I did that while I was applying for internships, which was so humbling, but I was like, how am I going to get my foot in the door? I knew I wanted to do beauty from the get-go because um, I was always like into clean beauty and uh, ingredient stories. And I think that's when clean beauty kind of started to come out and people are like, what are they putting in our products? Um, Do we know what they're putting in our products? And the answer was no. And till this day, I'll read a bottle. And I'm like, if you can't pronounce the first four words, like put it down because like, what is really in this bottle? And the answer right. is, you don't know, but you're just picking something up because I don't know, Kendall Jenner is on the front. And so I applied to so many jobs and I applied to Amika and it was the education and events team, which means um, Amika is a hair care brand. Um, they're in Sephora. So they're consumer facing, but they're actually pro facing. So pro meaning they're in salons. And most of the business comes into salons, which is incredible because for me, I thought it was a consumer facing brand, but actually, no, they're more pro salon based. And this role was sitting on the education team, which means sitting with the educators for salons, for classes. It's, it's very much like it was like a salesy role, but I was like, I just need to get my foot in the door. So I have an, I have an interview. They, they call me, they want to have an interview with me. I get to the front desk and it's like this cool, like warehouse in Brooklyn. And I'm like, this is so cool. There's just like this rhino coming out of the wall with like flowers in its hair. And I'm like on its thorns. And I'm just like, so in love with the place. I'm like, I have to nail this interview. They're like, Hey, um, your interviewer, Jamie Brown, she's late. And they're like, uh, we have bingo going on. So you should sit down and play bingo and it's company wide bingo. So I'm sitting down playing bingo and they're like, Hey, are you new? And I'm like, I'm here for an interview. Like, this is- <laughs> but everybody was so sweet and welcoming. And the office was so diverse. And the first thing they do is people will start going around saying their pronouns when, um, for new hires. And it was such an inclusive environment. And everybody was like, where are you from? Like, it was just like this like beautiful community. And I was yeah. like, I really want to stay here no matter what the role is. Cause I will make coffee for you, but I, I just want to stay here. So she comes in wow. finally at the interview a week later, she calls, I get the job and I was so excited. I was like, my foot in the door, I'm doing this. And the first day she's like, she's, I was like, Oh, like, you know, I'm curious. Why did I get the job? You know, like, you know, she's like, no, you were great. And I love that you have an education background and your skills are so transferable. And at that moment, I was like, wow, like I second guessed myself so much. And although my skills were in a different field, they're exactly what she said. They're so transferable. Wow. Instead of looking at your experience, it's like, take those skills and look what you can transfer over into another career because you'd be so shocked what you can do. And she's you're organized. You've worked with all of these programs. Like you like know, clearly know how to do advanced math. 
path. Like, you know, there's all these things like you're personable, you're sweet, you know how to talk to people. And she goes, you know, what stood out was the front desk girl um, said that you said hello and good morning to her and had a conversation with her. You know how many times people just swing by the receptionist because they don't think they're important. And I realized wow. then like, it's so, it's so important just to be nice. Like just to like walk in there and just like be nice to everybody. It doesn't really matter. And for the next three months, I was like, I wasn't doing anything like, like I said, glamorous. Like it was like invoicing, processing invoices, maybe doing some things for showrooms, a lot of product knowledge. So I knew the products in and out. I could tell you how they worked on your hair. I could tell you how the tools, the heat, what everything was made out of, which was incredibly helpful. And I thought like, okay, I was like, there's a couple of ways I can branch out here. I can go into like product development. I can go into sales. I can go into marketing. And I was like, still trying to figure all of that out. But I knew I wanted to stay at Amica because of the people. I wasn't just another intern. Like, yeah, I was an intern and I did intern things. Like that was fine. But like no one, no one ever like looked down on me or spoke, like, you know, spoke down on me ever. But it was so funny because I felt like I was living a double life, right? I'd get home at four in the morning, I fall asleep, and then I'm waking up at nine to go to work and no one knew. And I was also the oldest intern. There was this one girl who is now my best friend, Allie, who would pass my desk every day. She'd be like, do you want to get lunch today? Do you want to get lunch today? And I wouldn't take lunch because if I didn't take lunch, that means my my lunch hour, I could could go home earlier. And I just wanted to sleep, right? Like, I don't want to socialize. And one day she, I was like, yes, Allie, I'll get lunch with you. And we go up to the rooftop in our, in our little warehouse building. And we ended up just being the bestest friends. And everybody's at, you know, everybody wanted to know like who I was. And one day she was like, you know, I opened up my bag and I have all this cash coming out of my purse. She's like, are you a stripper? <laughs> I was like, I, I try, I explained to her everything that's going on. And, and she just like, looked at me and the next day she like buys me lunch and she's like is there any way we can stop you working two jobs like you're you're just so tired and I was like oh my god like these are my people like everybody is so and she everybody in the office eventually found out and everybody so our our president of our company of Amika she was out um on maternity leave they're like something's going to open up on the international sales team you're getting a full-time job here we're going to make it happen Um, I was like, okay. And she finally comes in and my internship is about to end. And I interview with the director of international sales at the time. And then she was my next interview. And then the next interview was, um, the international senior marketing manager for international team. And I interviewed with her and she's like, look, everybody loves you. And they, and I see potential in you. Let's, let's go. And I was like, oh my God, I get the international sales, uh, coordinator role. And it was tough. It's not what I wanted to do at first. It was logistics. It was salesy. It was pitchy. It was, uh, managing our distributor accounts across the UK, Paris. Um, there's a couple of other countries as well. Um, Mexico was our biggest one that had just launched when I, when I got there. So knowing Spanish was super beneficial. Everybody wanted to Mm. make that touch point. And the president of my brand was like, like, I worked with her every day because the accounts were so small. So I actually got to work with her very closely because my director was in Spain and quick question. So two things, how old were you when you started working at the internship? 25, 25. And then how long did you do your internship before you were offered the full-time job? Three months. And that's because I was, 
I, so I had told them from the get-go, I said, you know, is there potential here? Cause I, I don't want to be in a company for a year in an internship because I, I simply cannot afford it one. Um, right. but I was like a little social butterfly after that and kind of like, was like, Hey, is anybody hiring after this? And, and the way Amika's designed is three month internships anyway. So it was kind of, it was perfect. Um, and so I was there for three months in the intern and like in, internship. Wow. I said, I will take anything. I was like, yeah, I just want to stay here. And like, uh, something someone taught me was as soon as your foot is in the door, it's in the door. Like that's all you need is a foot in the door, no matter what you just need a foot in the door. And I got my foot in the door. And from there, I kind of evolved from being this like really shy and, and kind of quiet person to like, um, outspoken, but like in a way that like only when it was like really going to be impactful. And I was like, I wasn't, I was always like kind of given my space at Amika to say anything or any idea, mm-hmm. which was really nice. Um, and once I knew that this role was coming up, I was like, Hey, I, I'd like to be on it. And a lot of people were like, we think you'd be better on the marketing team, but like, this is, we don't have anything opening right now on the marketing team. And I said, it, okay, like, it's okay. Like there's nothing we can, we can do. Like I, I'm just gonna take what there is. And then I was on, on the international sales team for two, two and a half years, two years. I was there. Then COVID happened. And the first market to take a crash was the European market. And, and there was no need for my role anymore. And I was, Ooh, I was yeah. distraught, but I actually got to go home. It was, it's so funny. I think my life, I, I always want to say it's full of like coincidences, but I, I look at it back now and I'm like, I think I'm always like, I always like to say like my soul is really protected and I think things happen for a reason. And I had to go home and I got to spend a year with my dad before he passed away. Wow. And that's something that like, you could never get back. And I think I would have really regretted not being home and taking care of my dad, if that would have been the case Absolutely. So for March till September. But I was home. I moved away. Um, and at the same time, when I came back in September, my brand president called and she goes, we have an influencer role. I want to give it to you. This is what I need. Wow. I was like, I'm so where you, you, were you laid off? Yeah. For load. Yeah. Wow. Still getting like, so you still get paid. You still, yeah. you know, but it was like, it was the weirdest thing. Cause I'm like, I'm still getting paid, but I'm not working. Am I okay with this? Am I not okay? Right. With this? <laughs> dynamic. At the time, like really blessed. And um, in September, I decided I was going to move back. I moved into my apartment. I got the job at Amika as a um, PR influencer role. Loved it. It was like, it came so natural. And I I got promoted in three months. Like it just was like, I just like flourished in it. And I was like, this is my. Yes. I feel like I, I want to just point out that Yes, you were given all these wonderful opportunities and and things, but you showed up like you put in that energy to like receive these really like wonderful opportunities. I mean, everything from making the decision to, you know, a lot of people would not make the decision to intern somewhere. Yeah. You know, at that point, at least like, you know, they're already a couple years in the market, the job market. A lot of people aren't going to step back and say, you know what, let me just take an internship and work in the service industry. I think that's one thing you showed up in that way. But then, you know, because of your energy of wanting to make that change, you were able to show up like that, even at your interview. Yeah. Like you said, you know, saying hi and like showing up as a positive influence 
I think it's really admirable that like you were able to show up in that way. And that's why all these things kind of like flowed to you because you were there and you were willing to put in the work. And realistically, in the grand scheme of things, it's like three months, not that much, you know, you're right. It's like in the, in the, when you're in it, of course you're like, Ugh. but when you think of your, like your career, it's like, okay, you sacrificed three months in order to get to a place that you were going to be happier. Yeah. And that's really admirable because I think a lot of people are scared to do that. Oh, a lot. It, and it's, and it's okay to be scared. Like it is, it's not, it's not a, it's a jumping with your eyes closed type of thing. You know, like, you're like, I don't know where it's, it's going to happen. Like nothing can happen. But I think at that point I learned, and, and you're right. You know, some, sometimes you like, are like, oh, uh, this is the easiest one because I actually heard this the other day, but it's like dating in New York sucks. Men in New York suck. Da, da, da. It is going to suck. If you keep saying that, like, it's so powerful what you think and you say, and every day I just showed up and I was like, is this the role I want to be in? No but is this the field I want to be in? Yes. Okay. I'm going to keep doing it. And, and I think even more importantly is you believe that you deserved it. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. And, and because that's what comes down to, because if you believe that you deserve whatever it is that you want, then you're going to welcome in that energy. Yeah. It's so, it's so true. And it's, it's nice to, to like hear, hear like validation be like, yeah, you, you deserved it. And I think for a while, like, it's so hard to wrap your hand around and you're like, do I deserve it? Like, you know, you're applying to a role and there's like a thousand applicants. You're like, what's going to make me stand out? Like what, like what, what's going to have them say, okay, let's click on Jen's resume. You know, it, there's so many things. And, um, our friends are recruiters, Jackie and Karina. And I, I would ask them like, how do people, she's like, oh, it's a, it's a system sometimes. And just picks out keywords. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm more than just keywords, you know? And, and it's right it's a blessing to be already in a company when they know you and your heart and, um, totally passionate you are. And I think my passion for beauty and ingredients really stood out and my passion for hair. They're always like, you're really good at doing your hair. I'm like, Oh, I love hair. Let me do your hair. Let me show you how I use this tool. And it's like, like, if there's like fun opportunities, like photoshoots, or I'm going to do a tutorial video or I'll be like, we need social media content. I'll do it. Like, Oh, Sephora needs something. Like, I think I've been on like Sephora's Instagram like twice. Cause I'm like, Oh, we can't get an influencer to do it. I'll do it. I know how to do my hair. Um, right. and there's value in those things when you, when you don't want to fit in a box, right. When you're like, my role is this, I'm not saying to get taken advantage because I think work-life balance is so important, but also if you want to put yourself out there and there are things that you like, like just do it and ask, like, and there's companies that, that, that will receive you in that way. And I think Amika was this perfect, beautiful world for me where it wasn't a startup, but it wasn't a big company. It was like somewhere in the middle. And it gave me, it kind of gave me wings to be like, totally do whatever you want in here. Um, totally. and I had a team who was really beautiful. The marketing team is amazing. The director of PR, Lindsay, who was my, my manager at the time has been at Amika for 10 years. Like she's incredible and, and gave me a space and immediately promoted me after she saw that I, I did the work. And wow. um, there's a lot of people that are my best, Ali's my best friend. I worked with Kayla, who was the, scene, the, the manager there. She was my best friend. Like we still keep in touch. And there's something to say when everybody is happy at a company. Like, yeah, you don't really get So that. after, after your time there, you're now working with social media, more in the marketing realm, more of what you want to do, what more yeah. of what was calling to you and what made you decide to leave? Mm, good question. I felt like I had done all the learning I could do there. 
when you work in a company that has systems in place already, it's hard to break the mold, right? Like, so um, maybe I had more like of a crew like different creative ideas of how we should use our budget, um, different ways we should use influencers. I wanted more diversity maybe like, yeah. and sadly, not to say that Amika doesn't, it's so diverse, but sadly, and it's something that I'm sure a lot of influencers talk about, uh, diverse, Latina, black, they don't perform well. And it's so Mm. disgusting because it's not sad. It's disgusting that people don't, like engage with those videos. It was really hard for me too. Cause I'm like, I don't care if a video doesn't perform well. Our influencer, it needs to be diverse. Our influencer campaign needs to be diverse. So I am so sorry that maybe our, like who our audience is, isn't receiving this, but we can't just go into all white influencers to make money. And I saw that like, it was kind of clashing with like, at the end of the day, it's a company. So the ROI needs to be there. Like the return on investment needs to be there. And it started to clash with me. Cause I'm like, it's interesting. And, and I hope someone someday does like, you know, maybe Mentel will do a big research on this and, you know, some, some big company will come in and, and look at this holistically and say, why do white influencers perform much better? Um, what's going on there? Uh, especially like in each brand, it's like, you know, we're a very outspoken, we, I always talk about like, I'm still at Amika. That's how much love I have for it. But Mm -hmm. Amika in itself is a very outspoken brand when uh, there's any, anything that comes into politics, our nose are in it and people know about it. Like they know we stand with abortion. They know we stand like more like a liberal view on things. They were really outspoken about these things. So it's so interesting to me that even though we're outspoken and we were known as a liberal company, that these videos didn't perform well. And well, there's something to say that even I think it'd be interesting to to have more data on it, but there's just so many factors. It's like, is it the people who are following the brand? Is it the type of content or is it the algorithm? Yeah. There's there's so much there. And it's it, <sighs> it was a conversation we'd have with her. So obviously like I, the way the flow goes, just to give you like, kind of like a a view of like how it would run in in a company like this. It's like, I'm the influencer, work on the influencer team. I contact influencers, do the contracting, get the content and approve it. And then it goes out into different buckets. My digital team needs paid ads. So these influencers go into paid ads. Um, we want it for our influencer PR earn media value and see what we're doing, our impressions. And then our social media team needs it for content for TikTok or Instagram per se. So our social media team would be like constantly, it just any like BIPOC wouldn't perform well. And I'd be like, what the hell, right? And then it's like, as soon as it's like a Latina like me that you don't think I'm Latina, my video would perform well. And it was like, it was really annoying. And and, and for me, oh. it's like, I love, oh, you know this, I love being Latina with all my heart. And it really breaks my heart when like a curly girl doesn't perform well. Like what is going on? Like, you know, and, and it's, it just, it's, one for me, I was like, I don't care if it doesn't perform. I was still going to hire these people because they need to get paid and they're influencers and they're putting themselves out there. And we're a diverse company. Our tagline is all hair is welcome. Uh, th- this doesn't mean all straight blonde hair. So we're going to keep doing this. And it was, it's heartbreaking. And I think this, like you said, I, th- I hope someone does research into this. Um, mm-hmm. I would love to do research into this and I, I wouldn't even know where to start. I think it'd have to be, you know, 
very much brand driven and, and see different brands and how it works. I think like, obviously there's, um, brands that target you know like diva curl sure 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 market i think that would look completely different but when you're talking about a brand that is you know saying all hair is welcome and like we we really well we have like 10 maybe 11 lines now for like hydration repair like really like it's it's a it's not a a brand that only has two shampoos like you're talking about 10 lines like there's a massive range um you know what is it and it's like is it education is it people not you know I I don't know what it could there's so many things I mean it could be Instagram or TikTok that like actually on their end pushing out content that is not inclusive yeah and with the algorithm and it's sad and it's something that I always stood for where I'm like we're hiring more like like you can't just hire black creators for black history month like that's bullshit like we need to have them every fucking day like you know Mm -hmm. something that I fought for a lot and I was very vocal about and it wasn't that it wasn't welcomed but it's it's controversial when a company wants to make money and I think I was ready to like take my ideas and like run with them elsewhere and I also I think they're still they're they're still a beautiful brand community and I still think they yeah strive for diversity I don't think that's it at all but I think I did all the growing I could do there and I was absolutely like, I was like we keep doing the same thing it was it became monotonous right you have a budget right. this month influencers contracts content approved budget this month it's it became the same thing and I kind of yeah. wanted to be like I wanted to do brand activation and influencers activation I wanted the content to look different I wanted to like I wanted it to be just like just explore something else and sure. I've been there since I was an intern. So it felt different. And I'm um, we ready. Yeah. And it's so funny because I still say we, because I think I, I, you know, I love them. And I think maybe in the future, I, I would, I would go back in the future when I'm like, you know, maybe have more experience in the influencer space and um, maybe they're ready for like a different strategy or a different direction. I um, mean, I left on such a good note and um, they're an incredible company. I still use all their hair products and um there's nothing really bad I could say. And I think I'm, I'm really blessed that I had such a good experience there. Yeah, so, absolutely. So now you're currently at Chill House. I'm at Chill House. Yeah. Yes. So you stayed in the beauty space. Okay. Um, and now you're more in sort of the events space, correct? I'm more in the brand partnerships events. Space. Okay. I do have influencer under me. So there it's a, it's a dual role. Um, any startup, there's like two or three roles that you you're in charge of but um yeah chill house is um I guess I could say the dream job uh I've always looked up to Cindy I've always worn chill tips um I so literally what was happening was I was like I'm switching career like I'm switching jobs what do I do and I had applied to a whole whole bunch of places and another hair brand again um and I was in interviews like last last steps with a few couple brands and I just, I just couldn't, there was just like something that I just couldn't like say yes to any of them. Mm-hmm. And, and that Thursday I was supposed to give an answer to one of these brands on a Friday. And I was like, if I don't, I'm going to miss out. And, you know, the interview process, when you're, you start to move up is long. It's like five interviews, a project, another project, 17 more projects. And you're just like, you're, it's a, it's a job to get a job. Yeah. I was exhausted and I was like, oh my God, I'm running through my savings. What do I do? And that Thursday, Chill House p- 
posted on their Instagram, we're hiring a community and partnerships manager. And I kid you not, everybody sent me the posting. Like all my friends were like, chill. Like, and I'm like in the beach and I'm like, like I'm applying, I'm applying, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Like, I'm like, I had my cover letter in my resume in my phone and I'm applying. And the next day I hear, Hey, we'd love to interview you. And I was like, okay. So I tell the other brands, Hey, like, can I have one more day? And I'm trying to push it. And I tell the girl, I was like, look, like I need to give these other brands an answer, but I am obsessed with chill house. And I, I, it does not matter. Like I will take this job. And she's like, okay, I'll like let our founder know. I kid you not. I think I have the days wrong. It's like a Wednesday. So it was a Wednesday and I had to tell them. So Wednesday I had an interview, Thursday I had an interview with Cindy, the founder. And she's like, we'll get back to you over the weekend. And I'm like, okay, I'm like, I'm going to push this because I really want this job. And I was like, I love chill house. And I like, just like our whole interview was me talking about chill house and like the chill tips and everything. And I'm, this is what happened. I'm on the beach on a Monday because, uh, uh, like my boyfriend's brother's in town. And I literally got up from the, the t- we're on a, the towel, right? And I was like, I got the job at Chill House. Like I had sent her a reminder on Monday in the morning saying, hey, like just a reminder because I have to like, and literally like an hour later, I get like my Wow. Office. And I was wow. like, I got the job. And, and, you know, he's like, look at the salary and benefits. I was like, I don't care. I was like, just like <laughs> I'm signing it off. Like I just had felt so much joy. And I was like, this is where I'm going. Like, I love this brand. I love Wow. Cindy, I love that she's Latina. I love it's a startup. And everybody was just like, like, I would tell people like I work at Chill House. They're like, oh my God, you love Chill House. And I was like, yes, I do. I'm glad you know this. Like it just, it was almost already part of my identity. And I know we should keep, everyone says you should keep work and personal life separate, but like, I'm so passionate about what I do that like, I need to really love what I'm doing. Like I need to love the product. I know it's a good product. I know the salon space. Um, and I was like, I'm doing it. I started I think I started the next day or like the Wednesday. Like she was like, we need you to start immediately. And I was like, wow, screw vacation days, screw whatever I'm starting. And when I tell you the first day was like, I think, you know, people talk about startups and how like it's so fast paced. I mean, I was answering emails the first day and it was wow. like, everything was like this. And um, I'm blessed. I work really closely with Cindy. I'm like, like I, she's my manager. I report to her. So it was immediate. Like all the experience I have is, to her, like anything to do with brand partnerships. And that was, that was a new field for me. Um, influencer and community fine brand partnerships and events. I was like, she, again, gave me a chance and believed in me just because I was passionate about her brand. I have no, I come from no brand partnerships, no events, all influencer. And she loved that I knew influencer, but she also, like she says, and she says it all the time. She's like, I could have hired an events person, but they know nothing about metrics. And you know so much about metrics, you know, any mm. so numbers. And she's like, your skills are so transferable. And I think that's been the theme is like realizing, like, I think there's like something that they say men apply for more jobs that are out of their job experience. And women. it's true. They say like something like women, women, I forget the number, but it's like women won't apply to a job that like, they don't meet 100%, like all of the requirements and men will like meet like one or two of them and they'll apply like they don't yeah I met 50% of it like I I, I was yeah. like yes I grow your brand ambassador program but I have no clue what I'm doing with this right I shadowed her all I shadowed her all day 
I felt like an intern that day because I'm like following her around and like, da, 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 what does Cindy do? And Cindy's like this like very, I don't know if you get, if anyone's familiar with her, but she's like very glamorous. There's something like very, yes, like five foot one with like these like five foot, like five inch heels. She's like, oh yeah, in the office, very powerful. Her and her husband. So her and her husband owns bars and we're in the same office. So the bar boys are in there as well. And everybody, it was a very welcoming crowd, but it was also very intimidating. Like, um, sure, sure. It only, it's a small group. So if I don't get along with my four girls in my office. Right. <laughs> that's it. Immediately. I walk in there and one of the girls, Mia, who's our creative producer is like, oh, let me read your birth chart reads my whole entire birth chart. Um, Beverly has a dog named Martin. Me and Martin make friends. Alexis is the intern. She's so sweet. She's now our social media coordinator. She's incredible. Like it ended up being such a warm and welcoming environment and wherever I needed help, they were there. And that's still been the case. You know, if, if I, it was really hitting the ground, you know, hitting the ground running. It was like, okay, by the way, we have a Sonos and a, and a Lemonheads event in two weeks. This is what's going on. You have to run it and take care of it. And I was like, and, you know, Cindy was always like, just ask questions. And the theme of this job has been, if you don't know, just ask, do not waste time trying to go to that Google drive. Just be like, Hey, where does this exist? And someone will be there to answer, you know, questions. And it was really hard the first two weeks. And after the month, you know, Cindy sat me down and was like, it, it, she goes, it's crazy how, like, it just took you a month and now you have it. And I realized with anything, you're like, I got, I had to. <laughs> Like, I think you spoke to this in the beginning. It's like, what, like you just, when you put your head down and hustle and really want to learn and do it, you'll do it. Some things are one, like, you know, to this day, sometimes we'll come up with like certain pricing and stuff. And I'm a little more like, I'm shy. And and so I'm like, Hey, Cindy, what does this pricing look like? And she very much is like more of, I call it the Aries, but she's more of like the, the, this is what this looks like. And this is my brand values. And this is how much we have to price this at. And this is what it looks like. And I'm grateful that I have her to run these things off because I'm, I can be quite like, I'm, I feel like I'm still not developed into this like entrepreneur. And I feel like this is kind of maybe, um, I think it's kind of, I don't know, like shaping me up to be that I didn't mm. think for a while I wanted to run my own business. Um, and sometimes there's days that I run just this part of the business, which is a great revenue driver for the business. And I'm like, Oh, I think I can do this some one day. Wow. That's interesting. You know, I just, I just needed, Cindy's become my mentor in that state. And um, sometimes you think of mentors as like these like very loving and like very sweet people who like brush everything under the rug. And, you know, she's not, she's stern. Um, I, I, I remember at first being like, Hey, I'm really sensitive. So like, can you talk to me a little differently, you know, and have these conversations with her, but I learned not to take things personal businesses. Right. And Chill House is her baby and she's defensive about it as she should be because people can come in and really maybe screw around with your ideas and stuff. Totally. At the end of the day, she teaches me and she has, I asked her a question and she's like, yeah, here you go. Like, and I had to kind of get over this, me feeling intimidated by her. Mm. Um, And once I got over that, it was like, okay, yes, she's my boss, but she also really, she really trusts me to run this part. And, I'm yeah. like, and I'd rather say, Hey, can you approve this versus me doing something and feeling shaky about an email I just sent. Yeah. So it's been, I've only been there now seven, six, seven months. And it's been so interesting. And it's a it's wow. long hours, long days. Um, it's, it's not, it, you know, it's not, 
uh, as straightforward as Amika because I think it's, you know, it's such a startup. It's it's a little right. They're still figuring it out. Yeah, they're still yeah. figuring it out in general, yeah. right? So it's like, we just opened a store in Paris. Like it's it's very, I, I hate the word scrappy because scrappy means like, it's like like not a cool, you know, it's, it's not scrappy, but we very much like, take everything and squeeze the most out of it because we yeah because it's just yeah um so I kind of want to touch in touch on a little bit of social media mm-hmm. in relation to like the beauty and mm-hmm. wellness industry yeah. because I know that you have a pretty like present big, big presence on TikTok and Instagram and so I'm curious if you think that that's a necessary part of having a career in this in this industry? Do you think that it's something that everyone who's working in sort of like the beauty and wellness space has to do? Mm. And how it sort of helped you even get, you know, your chill house job, you know, because I think you had some somewhat of a presence before that. Do you think that any of that sort of influenced you getting to where you're at? And the first part would be if you think it's something that's necessary. Yeah. I don't think it's something that necess- that's necessary at all. I think I was actually kind of worried about it because I was like, I have this, and maybe you can attest to this, but I think when you first meet me, I'm, I'm, I'm a little quiet and like reserved. And then it's not until maybe like a couple of times you get to really meet me and I'm outgoing and um, just like chatty and stuff. But I, so the way I started my, my, my social media was, it was small. And one day my friends are like, Hey, how do you get your hair to do this? And I was like, I blow dry it. And they're like, what, how do you blow dry it? I'm like, Oh, it's easy. I'll do a tutorial. And I did a tutorial about blowing out of blow. I blow out my hair and it ended up blowing up. And I was like, what the heck? And it was like, the funniest thing is like, you know, I didn't even use a trending song. I think it's like a Cuban salsa song. Like it's not a trending song. And I was like, this is how we do it. And then it blew up and I was like, oh my God. And I was like, a lot of people don't know how to do their hair. And it's almost like a love language for me. I mean, I think the other day I was like, let me get your hand, my hands on your hair. I think when you get your hair done, when you get, and this is why I'm part of beauty. I think that this is a big thing for me. It's the way it makes you feel. Like I love how my girlfriends, like after I do their hair are like, oh my God, beautiful. Like, it's just like a confidence booster. And I really like, for me, it's not about, let me cover your blemishes. Let me cover your gray hair. It's not about that. It's like, it makes you feel good. And like, I think there's like, even like Botox or fillers, does that make you feel good? Then do it. Like, I hate that people have this thing of like wanting to change. It's not about that. It's about like, this made me feel good. And like, I did it because I think I look better in it or not because, um, I think for a while I go to get this in college. They're like, you look like Kendall Jenner. It's like, do I want to do stuff to make myself look like Kendall Jenner? No, it's literally like, it makes me feel good. I have really curly hair. You do too. When I get a blowout, I'm like, my God, who am I? Like this feels so, you know, before a date, I'm like, this is so sexy and confident. Like I like the way it makes you feel more than anything. And for me, it's like something with even our chill tips. It's like, you don't have time for a manicure, but your nails matter 10 minutes, put them on and you feel like a brand new person, but it's, it's that. And so when I started doing these hair videos, it was one, giving you a glimpse into my life and how it would make me feel. And also 
how easy it is. Like it, and, and I'm downplaying this, but I'm sure it's really hard for people, but I'm like, it's so easy. I'm like, you just twist the brush and like flip it. And I just started doing it and it became kind of therapeutic to sit in front of the camera and do it. Mm-hmm. Um, one, I think in person, I'm kind of reserved. And I think being in front of a camera, me be myself. And I'm like, even on TikTok, I don't do just hair stuff. Like I'll do like funny things about like when I started dating in New York and like the craziest things would happen to me. And I'm like, this is me coping. This is how I cope. Even like with my breakup now, I'm like, this is how I'm coping is TikTok. And it kind of became like this therapeutic um, yeah. in my life. I don't think you need it, but the fact that I have so much knowledge about it because I appreciate it is super beneficial because you know, we're testing a product out. The first thing Cindy tells me, she's like, you wear chill tips all the time. What do you think? Um, Mm -hmm. There's something beneficial about having a person on your team that wears chill tips every day, or we're trying to like launch something. And and she's like, do you think this is going to go in your hair? And I'm like, uh, or, you know, like we, we talk about these things and there's something to say about that. And sometimes I joke around saying I should be a beauty editor because I love messing around with so much tools and products and stuff like that. But I don't think so. But I think if you want to do it, my advice is do it. Who cares what anybody thinks? Like, yeah, I think that's something I've had to overcome these past few years is I can be career driven. I can be career driven and hopeless romantic and sexy. And I don't know, occasionally show my boobs and it's going to be okay. Like (laughs) what I mean? Like, I think we're like, we want to put ourselves in this box of like, and it's like, if you don't hire me because of I have a picture of in a corset. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, this is so weird and bizarre to me versus I've, I have friends who work in a different industry and she's like, oh, I can't show up to work like that. That's awful. Like you, ha- like I couldn't change my profile picture to that. That's awful. And I'm like, that's awful that you think that way. Like, you, like I wish she was a catalyst in her industry to be like, who cares? Mm-hmm. And I think the beauty industry is one of the first industries to be like, who yeah. was in my office? Like, I think I'm basic compared to them. Like they come in, they're so cool. Like they yeah. just rest to like, they're so damn cool. But it, it starts at the top, right? Like, it's like, if you're, if the founder is like coming in, fucking looking, you know, so good every day, yeah. then you're, you're going to be like, oh shit. Okay. Like I could do that too then. All right. Shout out to Cindy and her cheetah print. I think it's cheetah or leopard print shoes, but those are iconic, <laughs> like this big. And I'm like, you're this small. And she's just like stopping away. And I'm like, oh. yeah. It's so true. It does start this and it makes you feel comfortable if there, I never have to worry about those things. And I I can't tell you how many times I've been worried to be in a, in a corporate setting or, I mean, if we do like out things that I'm meeting a client, I find myself covering up because it's Mm -hmm. like, you're afraid of what they might think of you. And then you start talking and you're like, Oh, did you think I was going to be dumb? But Back to the TikTok thing. No, I think you could do it if you really want to. I think you should do it. I think you would be, you have a TikTok and Instagram, but if you want to do it, I think for sure, 100%. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, so I kind of want to wrap up okay. and talk a little bit uh-huh. about, first part would be if you want to talk a little bit about what you think your purpose is, if you uh-huh. know it. Mm-hmm. And um, I asked everyone this question is, um, what keeps you life curious? So what's something that fuels you and keeps you learning and exploring in your life? So I think this is great. So I always thought my purpose was to be a mom. Um, mm. I, I really wanted to have kids really young and um, I've always been someone who's like really settled and stable. Yeah. And I think I always say this, but I'm blessed that I, I had such an incredible childhood 
um, adolescence, um, even into like my early adult life, I've had a really beautiful life and I'm, I'm really blessed. It wasn't until these past, not these past few years that they've been more tumultuous in that sense. It's been a little more hectic. And I think that's molded me into a completely different purpose, uh, person. My dad was someone who, and I always laugh about this, but he'd be like, make whatever you do, make yourself the best version of you so that you have your own money, your own everything. So that if some man screws with you, you can kick him out of your own house. And I, that always stuck with me because um, I think as women, sometimes we want to be taken care of to that point. I'm quite overly independent. And there's been a couple of things in my life that have shaped me into who I am today. And I think in the beginning, you asked who I was. And I think before I would have said, I'm independent, I'm strong, I'm very like, and I kind of learned to attune to things that are, I'm more gentle. Yes, I'm independent. And yes, I'm strong. But I'm actually like this really gentle soul that's just looking for like to help others, but also a community that I feel really safe in. And I think my, my purpose overall, and I think it, it always ties back to, to anything to, from the beginning is just to help people, whether it's, you know, and I, and you and I have talked about it where I'm like, or anybody, I'm like a friend, they're like, I want to be my social media. I'm like, hit me up. I'll tell you how this works. Um, I think eventually I'll have my own I think my goal is to have my own consulting firm and like help small brands and help. There's so many times I walk by bar, even bars. And I'm like, God, if they just change the font, this would be so much better. And that's my, like, you know, I want to be able to walk into like these like great Mexican taco places that the outside just looks, you're like, nobody's going to walk in there, but the food is incredible and like help them rebrand. Like I, I think that's really where my, my purpose is, is just to really help people. And there's a beauty in like, and especially recently, like I've really been in touch with like my Latin, my, my Latin side, especially my Cuban side. Cause my dad was really private and we didn't really grow up with my Cuban side of the family. I grew up with my mom's side of the family. And I think that's part of it is like, I really want to help these like small businesses and like do something with that. I, I think that's my, my purpose. I think is just to help people. And, and, and I love doing it in a plethora of different ways. It doesn't have to be, you know, just rebranding influencer marketing social sure. partnerships. I think it's just that that is what fuels me and it makes me really happy at the end of the day. I think that's, that's my purpose in life. Is yeah. Just- it's, it sounds like you want to help people succeed. Yeah. Yeah. I totally get that from you. Even like when we've had conversations and things yeah. like that, like it's always very motivating. What keeps you life curious? Oh, I, oh, I love this one. I think recently art and culture and music, yeah. I am, I've had this like rebirth with it. So cool. I kind of said this in the beginning where like, if I don't know something, I shy away from it. And I'm like, so I didn't know anything about art. And I'm like, I cannot touch that realm. <laughs> um, and now I'm obsessed with it. And like, galleries and museums and going out to bars in Brooklyn that like you know play Latin nights and I'm enjoying it it's just like really expanding myself outside of my like comfort zone which used to be like the East Village sitting in a pub because I that's where I that's all I knew and I think more than anything being open to like different people like um in anything like in life like being open to different people in a work setting and getting to know them, being different in dating, like people that I would never give a chance, giving them a chance and seeing what that looks like. Not saying give a chance to some like crazy psycho, but more like someone who is like, you know, have different interests than you. And like, 
I think for me, what keeps me happy is constantly learning. And I think um, I need friends um, around me and my significant other to keep me constantly learning because I really enjoy that in life. Um, I don't I don't like to be complacent. Complacency doesn't do it for me. So if my friends are constantly teaching me something um, and adding like to my life value and hopefully I want it to be mutually beneficial, I'm adding something to their life, then that keeps me going. And, and I think that's nice. And also more than anything, like being okay with being alone. I love my own space. I live in my own apartment. I spend a lot of time alone and I spend a lot of time like meditating, thinking about things I want to do, creating things with my hands or whatever it may be that, that keeps me really happy. So I think a balance of both. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why you're on this podcast because oh you're God. life curious. Yes. <laughs> cool. So where can everyone follow you? I will obviously put everything in the show notes. This is really embarrassing. Uh, <laughs> Jen Bunny. <laughs> See? I love it. It's a play on words like Jen Bun and then NYC because I moved to New York. Um, <laughs> that's so embarrassing. The union guys have asked me that. I'm like, you really don't want to know my answer. Yeah. <laughs> you can find me if you also, if you ever have any questions, um, you can pop in my email. I can give in my, it's Jen at chillhouse.com. So if you have any career change questions or are just curious about the beauty industry, I'm like, I love helping people. So just shoot me an email and I'm happy to network with you and help you. Yay. Thank you so much, Jen. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you love this podcast and this season and you want to help support us make more of this wonderful content, please make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, share Life Curious Women with your friends, family, on social media, via text, via email, however is easiest for you. Or lastly, leave us a review. All of these will help push the podcast forward.